Hey, I'm Cody. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Trail Chasers podcast presented by TrailChasers.net. Today on the show, we talked to Melinda Russell with the International Women's Motorsports Association. We also talk about how much I miss Jose. Jose, I missed you this week, my conspiracy brother. Oh, man. I think my days are numbered on this show, guys. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? Where's Jose? <laughs> I knew it. I knew, I, Where's Jose? I, I think I think after last week's success, um, I I'm gonna have to take a position as like an executive producer and just sit you in the background. You can't produce what we uh, <laughs> produced. <laughs> no, it. I, That's magic. I tell you what, I'd never in a million years would have come up with Ted Nugent and Leonard Skinner <laughs> punching aliens. <laughs> you know the, the punching. I didn't. Like having listened to that, like I don't, I don't understand the whole punching thing. I don't. Uh, so I, you know, but I guess it's a thing, and I didn't look into it or anything like that. I don't, I don't have an interest in people punching each other. But uh, th- that was uh, so going through like that, visualizing that picture, it just looked like like a like an old rock band, you know, how they dressed <laughs> in the seventies. And Leonard Skinner came into into my brain. Well, and it was so the background here is you know we released that episode on Thursday, and on Friday, um, Thursday and Friday, it was text messages between Matt and uh, Jose and I, Google searching the image, trying yes. to find the podcast. I mean the uh, the documentary. Yes. Yeah. We I I had said that if you could find the documentary. The three of us should watch it and yeah. record and, and narrate like like science theater district the, MST three K. Yeah, and we thought, oh my god, yes, that's going to be so amazing. And so I was sitting at my desk, like quickly scrolling through, and I thought I had found the documentary, and I was so excited because I started to play it, and it started off with just that cheesy seventies music, like spooky, you know. And I'm like, I think this is it, guys, and. Um, you don't watch it yet. That's what we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna watch it together. But you know, I, I I couldn't wait, so I just like quickly like fast forwarded, looking like kind of frame by frame to see if it jo- you know jostled anything in yeah, my brain. Yeah, yeah, and nothing came up, and I was like, I don't think this is it. But I I let it play on the way home, like I kind of. And I couldn't even get through five minutes of it. It was so bad. And I just went, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm not. You know, once you uh, once you go down that rabbit hole, it's it's endless. There's yeah. endless documentaries and TV shows oh, like, on it. We've like, talked. Oh, how many times man. have we talked about? You know, we we could start a whole. If we had an extra night a week, we could do a whole nother podcast on the the crazy conspiracy theory, yes. all, all that stuff. 
You mean um, basically uh, just record campfire yeah, conversations? Yeah, I was just going to say, we just need to, I've got a fire pit in the backyard. We'll, go, we'll go out there every night. Well, then we got to do it like, yeah, like on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, uh, when, when Jose and Matt were here last week, we were talking about, oh, you know, we should do it in another podcast. And I was all, dude, I'm already, I'm already losing two nights a week trying to get, you know, to record this one and edit this one and all that other stuff. I don't. I ain't got the time. No. Unless, unless uh, we can find a sponsor to pay us to do this. Still, yeah. Uh, that Jose's texting right now, as a matter of what? fact. Jose, stop it. You know we're recording. Knock that off. Tell he him. doesn't care. He doesn't he, care. He just wanted, he wanted to be on I so I was just going to say, he, he, knew he, knew, he knew we were recording, and now he's texting right now at this time so he can feel like he's participating. I, I see what you're doing, dude. You're I'm angling not, for my job, bro. Yeah, I'm not reading that text, Jose. <laughs> You're not getting on this week. No, you're uh, you're not. Uh, so that that was a fun episode. I mean, you know, you guys did I'm, awesome. By the way, you guys did great. Uh, you never know, though. I mean, because you literally well, were like, I don't know why I'm doing this. No, this, I, this could be bad. I knew, but it, dude. It was I fun. knew. I I mean, we've all had enough conversations to where I knew exactly what I was getting into. Like when I said you guys should, the reason I said you guys should do it is because I knew it was going to end up like that and it was going to be a fun episode. Yeah, the best thing about Jose is like the when he like deadpans, like <laughs> yes, you know, come on, bro, you yeah, know, yeah, I, you don't know. Yeah, he'll de- he'll deliver stuff that you're like, oh my, is he serious? Yeah, is Jose serious right now? Do you want me to go down this? I don't, <laughs> dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, Matt, I'm worried that Jose's serious right now. Yeah. Dude, what what was the video clip he sent us today? <laughs> oh, yes. The little goblin thing yes. or something that was caught on a doorbell uh, yeah. like camera or whatever. Yeah, that it was the it was the proof of what, 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 some uh, elves or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was a really, it was a pretty trippy video. Yeah, but it looked like a six-year-old like a, kid like with his underwear something. on his head walking around in the dark. <laughs> But I just love it. I love that uh, he, he sent that video. Yeah, because he knew. He knew it would spark conversation and we'd be going back and forth. That's right. So you guys know what you're up against now. If you, uh, uh, for, those of you <laughs> for those of you that haven't gone on a trip with us yet, this is either the reason you you're never go. Stoked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, the reason you show up to the next trip. You know what? I think it's, it, it's not going to affect anything because I think the people that are going to go are going to be the people that I want to go. I know. What know? I'm saying is after they hear and that episode. People don't want to go. I'm glad you guys aren't going because I don't want you guys to be weirded out. You know, come prepared, do some research. <laughs> That's when he said the dome I, last week. I thought the dome, like off your head, and then he referenced like no, the dome, the dome. like like the Truman Show dome. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh, I love it. Down down the rabbit hole for sure. We could go down this rabbit hole. Up, down, side to side rabbit holes, <clears throat> never ending. Uh, so, with that said, we got an email this week that I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, we did. Uh, we did, and it was uh, was um, uh, was it like my mom pestering us no, or something? Because I was talking about Hammett. It was a, le- a listener saying, "Please don't ever put Matt and Jose back on the show ever again." What? No, it wasn't that <laughs> at all. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. You <laughs> no. can't tell me what to do. No, so this is Dave from Oregon. So going back to oh. going back to a conversation about Mojave Trail. 
So he said, hey, guys, your podcast is quickly becoming one of my favorites out of the half a dozen or so I listen to. Uh, most are part of the 4x4 radio network, so please don't tell the others. So nobody tell the others. Uh, I currently have a Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon, but I'm seriously thinking about stepping down to a Subaru Forester or maybe even the new Cherokee. My JKU gets horrible fuel mileage, and I really like uh, taking road trips and then explore when I get there. After listening to your last show, I think I'd like to check out the Mojave Road, maybe even make the ride down from Portland, Oregon, Wow! uh, to go on one of your highly epic trips. Do you think something like the Forester would do the trip okay? So before I tell you how I responded... I think I I caught the gist of this stuff, but... Uh, dude, that thing would do fine. Mojave yeah. Road. Yeah, yeah, no absolutely. Uh, um, Especially when we did that point uh, with the ice and the, the mud, and there was that uh, outback that I was oh, like, "How did that thing yes. get up here?" Oh, you're you're, you're talking about uh, Pilot Rock Road when yes. there was a Subaru Forester and a Subaru Outback up at Pilot Rock Road at a point where all of us and our trucks were like, "Dude, we shouldn't be here." Me and that dude caught each other. I was in the Renegade at the time, and he was looking at me like. How did that thing get up here? And I was doing the same thing to him. How did you get that thing up here? So speaking of the Renegade, as I was thinking to myself, okay, the 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 you know the Renegade made it absolutely no problem. And I just happened to do some Google foo and found that the Renegade, the stock Renegade, probably not the Trailhawk, but the stock Renegade has seven point nine inches of ground clearance, and the Subaru Forester has eight point seven oh, inches. Oh wow! So it's almost a full inch higher off the ground than the it's Renegade. Not about inches i mean it's really how you use the inches well, I, uh, usually i would say yes just out of self-preservation but um no i, I mean the, the point right so the, you know you have certainly more clearance and being all-wheel drive mm-hmm. definitely yeah i think i mean there was that there was that bmw that we saw at traveler's monument uh, you can see it in the oh, you yeah. can see it in the background of some of the videos i've posted that someone had a, a bmw i don't know the bmw but it was the older Square one, a square two door, and they chopped the back uh, uh, trunk off and put two tires in. It looked full on rallied out. I mean, the thing was awesome. I ran over and gave him stickers because I was super impressed. Um, and he threw them right down to the ground. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he uh, was not imp- impressed. Yeah. Um, my, the point is that you know something like Mojave Road can be done like we've talked about mo- in two wheel drive most of the way. You know, especially if you go with a group that's willing to yank you out if something goes haywire. But for the most part. It, it could do well, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on a limb. And if anybody from the Jeep Talk Show is listening, I I don't even want to hear your your feedback because why why are you mentioning them? I'll tell you why <laughs> because I the the new Cherokee. Are we gonna start a feud? Let's ooh, ooh start a feud. The, Call them out. The, do the, it. The new so when the first Cher- the new Cherokees came out, I was on board with everybody else. It was like that's ugly. I'm not. I don't like it. It doesn't. It doesn't I still think they're ugly. It doesn't hold true to the tradition. I was. I was. I was a naysayer, hardcore. Um, I. I have shifted to the point where I think it's a. It's a viable platform. Uh, there's a couple in the neighborhood here that have a mild like puck lift and a little bit larger tires and a and a couple bolt on accessories and they look really good. And um, I think for someone that's looking to get better gas mileage. Um, more comfortable ride and still have the opportunity to do Cleghorn and Pilot Rock and and Mojave. Just a mild step. Yeah, so yeah. I, I would be willing to say that's a that's an excellent opportunity to do that in that kind of vehicle. Sure. I you know uh, what's the uh, what's the comp 
I guess, you know, because uh, if you're going to get like a, you're talking a Cherokee or Grand Cherokee. The, the or... Cherokee, not the Grand. I mean, the, I love the Grand Cherokee. Obviously, I, I owned my, my, my. Oh, uh, right, right, right. The, the Grand Cherokee. I'm so sorry about guess... the, the new, the new Cherokee. Yeah, it looks like a uh, athletic shoe It looks or like whatever. sneaker. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, there's one, there was a guy at Target here at, at in the neighborhood that he, I parked next to him because I was like, oh my God, look at that thing. It was a little bit of a lift, meteor tires. He put a roof rack and uh, a front like grill guard on it, and the thing looked so much better. Because because the the issue it's always, it's always been that squatty nose, you yeah. know, the, the pointy nose. You put that grill guard on there and lift it a little bit, it looked totally different. So I, I ended up talk finding the guy and talking to him for a while. I was really impressed with it. Um, but I mean, yeah, but you don't want to. I don't. I wouldn't want to have to like do a bunch of modifications to make my vehicle look cool you know like oh, I don't, I don't we're know. gonna do it anyways well i don't have to my, my truck's amazing no you don't well no I, I still have to do those mods but i still you know you know what i'm saying I like aesthetically saying. it's whatever <clears throat> i know i'm just saying and we've talked about this quite a bit but, but again so what's the what's the comp knowing that you're going to be able to uh modify because it's a jeep there's going to be tons of parts to, to modify it what would, well, what would, would your other ton, tons option of be? Um, I, in I, a few, t- 10 years from now, there's going to be tons yeah, 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 of yeah, yeah. aftermarket I, Well, parts. and I even, in my response to him, I even said that, that I, I really believe that in, in a handful of years, when the Cherokee hits the resale market, you're going to see more of them on the road. And I'd be, I'd be willing to bet that the Cherokee Trailhawk is as capable or more capable than your Trailhawk Renegade was on Mojave. Because oh, well, same sure. technology, bigger platform, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So what would be the comp? I mean, I don't, I don't know if you would compare the Cherokee to the Forerunner if they, if those fall into the same category. Mm. Um, Nissan Pathfinder, but the the newer ones are way less off road focused than the older ones were. Um, I don't know what would be what would fall in that same category as it as the new Cherokee. I think the the other the, those other vehicles you just named, I would look into before getting the really? Cherokee. Yeah, I think so. Huh. I. Uh, I don't know. I, I and I love my Renegade. The Renegade's fun, but you, you you're kind of limited. You just know. Um, that, well, there's no way I'm going to go up this area. You know, I'm not going to go through this trail. So there's never real the temptation to do something really silly in the Renegade isn't really there. Then again, you know that was it was it's my wife's. Yeah, so how yeah. crazy I'm going to get. But uh, either way, I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I'd have to test drive one and see how comfy it is um, and how it drove. You know, that that would go a long way, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the looks don't go, again, I'd rather have the Renegade. I would rather have the Renegade than that. Yeah, but, but also the Renegade, um, it's if you've got, I mean, you know what it's like as far as room is concerned. And if you're a big guy and you've got a couple... Remember, remember what what's his name in Hawaii said? He actually had more room in that Renegade than uh, his Wrangler. Yeah, yeah. Because the the vertically, it's it's actually pretty tall in there. It is. It is. Um, I'm I'm trying to do some what's uh, a look at what the midsize midsize SUV. Oh, the the Volkswagen Tiguan, um, which. Uh, shout out to um, Bash from HK Off Road. If if he, he's still listening, um, he had one and he said it was a great off road vehicle. Jeep Grand Cherokee, Wrangler, Nissan Pathfinder, Forerunner, uh, Land Rover, Discovery, Toyota Sequoia, Lexus GX, Chevy Tahoe, 
Um, <clears throat> you know, those are some options, but I don't Chevy know. Chevy Tahoe is a midsize. Yeah, I wouldn't consider that a Tahoe. The Trailblazer, maybe. Um, but um, I don't. I mean, that's. I don't know. I mean, look. Bottom you line the is Durango. Yeah, but they don't make that anymore. Oh yeah, they do. They do. But 2019, it's 2019. Yeah, but Durango. it's. But have you seen the 2019 Durango? That's it's. You're not taking that off road, man. It's. I don't care if it's four wheel drive. You're not taking it off road. Um, there's a couple in this neighborhood. Dare me. <laughs> go, get, go get me one. I'll take, I'll take a Ford Mustang off. Oh, I know you will. And you'll, you'll get pretty far in it, I'm sure. Um, but I, I think it goes back to one of the core beliefs that we've had on the show from the get go is that I don't care what you, what you drive, what badges yeah, on it. Yeah. Find a no, transfer case. Let's hit a trail and go. No, man. absolutely. I mean, that, that's uh, true. I think there's, there's too much tribalism. I mean, it's kind of inherent in everything we do. The the tribalism of the Toyota versus Jeep, the Wrangler versus Forerunner, and you know all that stuff. But you know, our group in our group, we've got a, a good mix of everything. And hell yeah, you know what? You could you could go buy the Jeep Renegade, or you could go buy that new Lamborghini Rally off road car they just rolled out as a concept vehicle. We're still going to make fun of you. Like it doesn't matter what you drive, we're going to make fun of you for it. Yeah, well, yeah, we will. Absolutely. But it's also, we're driving just anything. You yeah. know, we're not... Uh, we we are what not, you got. Yeah, I'm not tied to, to any uh, particular brand or whatever. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just important to get out there. And like I said mm-hmm. last week, um, you'd be. I think most people have four-wheel drive. I don't think they're really aware how capable a lot of yeah. these vehicles are. You know? <clears throat> no, no. Um, Speaking of which, there was an announcement, Dave, if you're listening, um, Toyota is making a TRD Pro version of the RAV4. What? Yes. Wow. So you're going to have the TRD Pro Sequoia, Tundra, Tacoma, 4Runner, and RAV4. And I want to see the Toyota TRD RAV4 versus the Jeep renegade trailhawk <laughs> i want to see which one of those do well i bet that rav4 would do really well i'm sure it does uh, you know i wouldn't put i think toyota is not just going to throw the trd pro on just anything no just to just to sell it I, i'm sure they'll put some effort into it you know and, and make it actually viable you mm-hmm. know agreed agreed so i mean i guess the uh you know i could be wrong the uh, again, I think that our uh, I'm, I'm flipping through some other things to see what other uh, what other vehicles I could talk about. But the end of the day, the end of the day, man, put it in drive, drop the transfer case into four wheel drive, and let's go. Like you know, whatever, and we'll you know we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah, I think that's part of it too. Um, you more than likely if you have an interest in off off roading and four wheeling. I think it's kind of ideally you would want to get something that you could either uh, improve or uh, make more capable by, you know, lifting and somehow stuffing bigger bigger tires, tires, you know? So um, that would be a part of my concern. So with these, uh, with the Outback and whatever, is that something that you could do in the future? You, You know, you're always, it's again, it's like the Renegade. Renegade's only going to do with the Renegade, you know. Yeah, but if I don't you, care how. If can, you've decided, can you get thirty threes under a Renegade? No, 
But but if you've decided that that's your... And that's just 33s. Yeah, I know. Uh, if you've decided, like, I mean, even in my truck, my truck is extremely capable. It's got a mild lift, 33-inch tires. That thing will take me all over the place. I'm going to hit a trail or a rock or a valley that I'm not going to be able to go in, right? No matter what you do, I don't care how big you... Unless you're building a $200,000 Ultra 4 car, every, every vehicle out there that is roadworthy and off-road worthy is going to have a limit, mm-hmm. right? So you as an individual have to decide what that well, that's limit us, is. That's us, though. That's our podcast. Yeah, that's is, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, uh, well, we're, we're wheeling everyday drivers, Yeah, you know, and, and uh, I think, you know, maybe someday, you, you know, you'll have a Wrangler that's super built or something so you can drive straight over the mountains, you know, and not have to stop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's not really our podcast. That's not really our our thing. So and and it's not really guess, yeah. It's not really what we do. Like uh, you know, I, I think we we mimic what Dave said. Is let's go on a road trip to Big Bear, mm-hmm. wheel for a day or two, and come home. You know, we we are not the. Uh, I'm going to put my my ultra buggy on the trailer behind my fifth yeah. wheel in my tow hauler. Go out someplace climb up the side of a building and then come back you know that's just it's not been our style it's definitely not within my budget no um you know so the the idea of you know finding a vehicle that suits your needs to get you to work and back in a reasonable uh um, financial situation without breaking the bank and you know i'm gonna go find some dirt roads one day yeah like that's i i really think that's that's our niche right We, we are not we are not hardcore rock crawlers no um and we're not definitely not mall crawlers we we find that balance of drive your truck to work every day hit the trail and make sure you get back on monday yeah definitely knowing you know now the trails that i've been on the past you know couple of years you know two or three years now now i know what i that's that's not uh, a crazy idea like most of the truck you know having a truck that can do that stuff, the the trails that we hit on a regular basis, the places that we go, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just gonna it's just gonna take a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, um, so I, I can't wait, uh I can't wait so now I have the bug. Yeah. And again, I love my truck. It's capable as it is. Mm-hmm. I can hit a ton of trails, you know, I, until I, I'm able to make that jump. Where I can stuff some bigger tires, put a lift on it, and what have you. So, um, you know that that's kind of uh, my frame of mind. Mm-hmm. But you know, we that's kind of been the plan. You know, since I first came on, was, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we initially started talking about trucks that I would get, yeah, and uh, we're putting that plan oh, in motion. Yeah. Matter of fact, we talked about that, uh, Dave, and anybody else. It's one of our episodes in the in I think the it was like episode thirty or something. Yeah, we talked about like different off road vehicles that were options early on. If you hadn't caught that, so that may be uh, that may be it. But Dave, I, I guess the point is uh, go go find a vehicle that works and let's roll, man. Well, what 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 were the options he was talking about? He was talking about the Cherokee, the Outback. Yeah, he only brought up those two: the Forester and the Cherokee were the two that he had. Oh, been the looking Forester. At. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So. Um, you know, both, both very viable options, um, in my, in my opinion about, you know, the type of wheeling he wants to do and, 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 you know, what's the wheeling like in, you said Portland, Portland. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it could be just, uh, you know, like awesome trails, not necessarily, maybe 
a little more difficult than a fire road, yeah. obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I would assume or who knows, but I'm sure, you know, I would use your best judgment. You know what you're, you're looking to get into on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if that um, Subaru is going to do it or, or just that Cherokee, just get something. Yeah, I told him. Get let, something and find some local buddies to go out there and, and hit trails with. I told him to let, it's a blast. Let, let him let us know what he gets, and then we'll meet him down here someplace to go. We <laughs> I'm sure. I, you know, it's funny. After the email, um, I started looking. I'm like, okay, so how many hours? Oh, it's 15 man, hours to Portland. Drive all the way up there. <laughs> well, I thought 15 hours to Portland. What's eight? What's the middle? Let's find in the middle. He can meet us in the middle. I'm like, oh, It's just man. flat out there. The middle is like... Probably somewhere northern California. Yeah, it is. It's ah, there's Rubicon, like the Rubicon Trail, but which I want to do someday, but not anytime soon. Looking, looking at my calendar Pismo. coming up. Tell him to meet us in Pismo. Yeah, then it's only a ten-hour drive for him. Well, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hang out? Meet us in Pismo, dude. All right, we'll see. Well, I'll, I'll. Uh, I've been in uh, email contact with Dave. Dave, we appreciate you letting us tell your story here and talk about it because I think it's relevant to a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, man, let's go wheeling. I don't care. That's it. Just just uh, hit the dirt. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Trail Chasers podcast is a member of the 4x4 Radio Network. If you want more off-road shenanigans in your ear holes, go to 4x4radionetwork.com to hear episodes of the Jeep Talk Show, the 4x4 Podcast, the Center Steer Podcast, and On the Trail with Kevin and Scott. Hey, everybody. We have Melinda Russell on the phone. She is from the International Women's Motorsports Association. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at IWMA Nation and on Twitter also at IWMA Nation. How are you doing tonight, Melinda? I'm doing really well. How about you guys? Not bad at all. Thank Great. you so much for uh, for taking the call. You're on the uh, East Coast, I think, right? So the, your your time is much later for you than it is for us. I am on the East Coast. The NASCAR race got over just a little while ago, as you probably know, or if you follow NASCAR. Uh, nope. Good old Michigan. We <laughs> rained out yesterday, and I was there and missed all that. But um, it's still not quite dark here. It's getting there, but we love these long summer nights when it stays light for a long time yeah you know i um i I don't follow nascar i there were a couple years where i did like i was really Mm. excited about it and i just for whatever reason i just dropped off i i think they should go back to like the 60s because i think you had to sell a certain number of cars to qualify as as like a manufacturer like a stock car oh yeah so i think it should go back to that like i think they should if you're racing a camry it should be like a four-cylinder camry (laughs) goes you know against a honda accord you know and i think they should i think they should go back to that yeah it's interesting you say that because i listen to sirius radio and i listen to the nascar station channel 90 i listen to it a lot and they interviewed joey logano last week and they were asking about racing hybrid cars. And he said, you know, if that's what the, if that's where the trend is going for racing and then that's what we should be racing because it's called stock car racing. Right, and we've exactly. really gotten away from it. And it's funny that you mentioned that yeah, today yeah. because I just heard him say that. So. Oh, I, I have I no doubt that in the, in the, in the not too distant future, there's going to be at least a circuit or series of all electric cars. Right, because oh, I'm sure there because will. Think, think about like the Teslas and the, what they're capable of. I've rid, I've driven one. I know what they're capable of. But that technology, the, the 
Can't they drive themselves too, though? Like, then what are we asking for? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yeah, and then you don't have any of those accidents, like you know, because it it knows you're when you're going to hit something. So you're that's taking not the fun out of racing, Cody. Well, I'm just saying, like, the, all the accidents and explosions. When the uh, you know back in the day, the 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 NASCAR, all that motorsport stuff, the technology that the manufacturers were dumping into their race cars is what advanced. The, um, the, the, the vehicles that we have today. So that's, I think that needs to happen with the electric cars. They're, you know, let's make them race. And then they're pretty soon they'll start having superchargers and whatever the hell they need. You want to supercharge an electric car? Can you do that? <laughs> I don't think so, dude. You can put a bigger battery on it. I don't know. <laughs> Melinda, you probably know more about it than we do. I, I don't know all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> that just doesn't sound any fun to me. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're going to have to talk me into that, I think. Okay. Well, I will we'll keep an eye out for what that's what uh, what happens. So that that'd be a perfect example right there of one of our tangents. Yes. So oh, that's so okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I brought I brought NASCAR up, so that's my fault. So <laughs> It is. <laughs> All right, so uh, Melinda, tell me about the International Women's uh, Motorsports Association. I'm not familiar. I wasn't familiar with it until you uh, connected with us on LinkedIn. And like I said, I've done a little bit of research on your website, which is IWMANation.com. But tell me what it is. Well, um, it's interesting that I, uh, a couple, almost a couple years ago now, it'll be two years in August, I was looking for a way to connect with other women in motorsport that, that liked racing, basically. And um, I have a, a send-out cards business, which is uh, it's a stay-in-touch system. Lots of businesses use it. People use it personally to send cards and gifts. And I was also looking for a way to reach out to women in motorsports to use that system for their teams as well. So it was kind of a, a two-item thing that I was looking for because I'm a woman in motorsports and I wanted to grow my send-out card business. So I started looking. I, on a Sunday afternoon, I was looking for, um, you know, like face a Facebook group mm-hmm. or somewhere where I could connect with other women because there's a group for everything on Facebook, I thought, and when I started looking, I couldn't find anything. And so then I started Googling associations for women in motorsports and all every kind of word you can think of. And I, again, nothing, nothing came up. So I was getting a little frustrated and I was talking to my husband about it. And he said, well, why don't you just start something? And I was a little overwhelmed at the time because I had had back surgery it was two years ago in January. I had back surgery, and it didn't go very well. And uh, so I, I deal daily with, um, I, I don't want to call it pain because it's not like somebody's stabbing you 100% of the time, mm-hmm. but I can constantly feel the two rods and the 16 screws that are in my back. So when I sit against a chair or anything, it feels like I'm leaning against re-rod. So I don't always feel like, you know, doing all the things I used to do before that. But my husband's like, oh, you can, you know, you can do it. He was very encouraging about it. So on that Sunday afternoon, I put a post on Facebook, and it basically said, I'm starting a project involving women in motorsports. If you or someone you know would be interested in knowing more about it, tag yourself. And by the end of that evening, I had 100 people that had either tagged someone else or themselves. 
And by the next night, I had 200. And it's just grown and grown. I have a little over 6,000 followers. And, and honestly, in the last six months, I haven't even, I haven't even really tried to add a lot of followers because I'm kind of a one-man band at the moment, and I've been so busy doing other things that I, um, I haven't pursued growing that following other than what it just naturally grows on its own. Wow, and you know, but, um, go ahead. I was not to cut you off, but I, I I love that because I've always, especially doing this show, um, you you see people, you see women in motorsports or women in off road community or women who are connected, not just like tangentially as uh, you know passengers, but people or women who are passionate about this stuff. And and I I think there's an a, there's an assumption made that. Um, the, the women involved in motorsports is a small minor community and you know there's not much there but the minute you put out something like this like hey i want to talk to women in motorsports boom you get this huge response because they're out there and like you they were probably looking for some way to connect uh, absolutely and and here's the thing so my son had a race car for several years so i think he finally sold it maybe two three years ago and and he passed away last november he was he was really the one that got myself and the rest of our family really into racing. But when he had his race car and, and as a car owner and, and, you know, we did events and things on the track, but so I knew there were women that raced and, and women that, you know, helped in the pits and, and things with their husbands. So I knew there were women out there, but I had no idea the numbers until I started this association. Wow. There's hundreds of thousands of women who love motorsports. I, I guarantee it. I, I wasn't much of a drag race follower, even though I have a really great track 15 minutes from my house, but I'm more of a short track, asphalt short track racing. Mm -hmm. That's what my son raced. That's what I knew about. I have two tracks, each within 15 minutes of my house. That's where we go to watch races. So the drag racing field of motorsports was really a little bit foreign to me, still is a little bit foreign. I'm learning more and more all the time. But when I started this association and I started following, you know, on Facebook, I would just start following uh, racetracks, their Facebook pages. or And then I would get, you know, a request from someone to follow their page and then follow that page. And so I follow probably 500 racing affiliated pages between the NASCAR tracks and, and, you know, Eldor and all, all kinds of tracks, all sizes. But the thing that surprised me the most was the number of women that are in drag racing. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. And little girls. John, John Force's uh, daughters are all in drag. Yeah. I, I, I think they dominate it now. I, I think I've watched two drag races in my life. Like, if there's, oh, not, if not, if there's not a crash that shows up on the news, I've not <laughs> yeah. seen it. Right? That's just, well, we're, we're, we live in, like, the home. I know. Of drag racing, we're, right? We're twenty minutes from Pomona, so yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, you know, as a kid, I went numerous times. It's insane! It is insane how how much horsepower. We should go. We should take the yeah. chance. Someone, I I can't remember now. They I just read a post. They went three hundred thirty five miles an hour. Yep. Exactly. When they go down the track, in a your mile. whole body shakes if you're sitting in the stands. Yeah, the stands the, rumble. Everything. Yeah. Wow. My husband and I were just in Joliet. Which is by Chicago last weekend, not not a day or two ago, but a week ago, and we went to the NHRA Nationals on Saturday, and um, yeah, it, it's insane 
how fast they go. And just that rumbling that you have, like I said, the whole bleachers vibrate, your body vibrates. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but I've met some amazing women. Actually, a lot of the women that I've met personally race motorcycles, pro stock motorcycles. Oh, wow. And yeah, my husband and I are both motorcycle licensed people and we used to go to mid Ohio and watch the motorcycle races. And so it just happens that I, you know, these women race motorcycles. I connect to that because I had a, had a motorcycle for a while. So, and how crazy fast they go. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. But I think that was one of the things that surprised me the most was the amount of women in drag racing. I wouldn't have thought that there would be that many. Yes, you hear about Courtney and Brittany Force and, and you hear about Erica Anders and you hear the top names. But, um, wow, a lot of times, uh, you know, it kind of falls off as you go down. But the little junior dragsters that race, tons of little girls in those, in those races. Hmm. So wow. they're starting young. They're starting at five, six, seven years old. And, um, they're so dang cute and they, they weigh about, you know, 40 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so little, and it's, it's funny, and Matt's looking at me with a look on his face, and I know exactly why, because at the Lucas Off-Road Races uh, last year, we were um, we were there at the Glen Helen track, and at one point, the junior midget course, the, and they're basically these little go-karts that, that have, you know, uh, a fiberglass Jeep bodies on them, truck bodies on them, and like, there were four little girls, and my daughter's three and a half years old right now, there were four little girls that cruised by, and Matt's <laughs> like, we gotta get Presley in one of these trucks, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I cannot wait till I can get my daughter into one of those trucks. Well, I have a young gal that's actually... Um, She's in my mentorship program. Her name's Temperance Boyd. She lives in Reading, um, Reading, Michigan. I met her through Facebook. Well, actually, I met her. Her dad and a friend of mine who lives in Texas went to high school together. She knew I was interested in racing. She knew his daughter raced. She connected us. We've become like family. TK started racing at the age of three and a half, and she raced quads. Wow. And she's like a two-time national champion, and she's 10 years old now and races uh, mini sprints. But, you know, you start at three and a half, you're pretty good by the time you're seven. Oh, I <laughs> bet. I mean, that sounds yep. crazy. I bet. That's uh, that's awesome. And it, <clears throat> all, all you need is money, Cody. Yeah, I don't have money or time, but uh, I'm going to try to make it work. Yeah, I've uh, – so – Matt, you know this. My wife, my wife and I both had dirt bikes. I have I'd sold my dirt bike to a, a new home, which is Matt, <laughs> and and but I kept my wife's dirt bike because it's a little one ten. And my thought was I wanted to keep the motor out of that thing and build a go kart for Presley and use <laughs> mm-hmm. that, but uh, haven't gotten there yet. Uh, um, it'll happen. Oh my it, god, it'll certainly let's do happen. it. Especially if you if you take her places where she sees other little girls doing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. It's Oh, if that little girl can do it, so can I. And that's one of the things that I love hearing from women that I interview because I do a monthly digital magazine all about women in motorsports, a weekly podcast. Um, quite often I interview someone just like we're doing tonight, and then um, sometimes I just get on and just talk about whatever's going on or maybe I've read something that I want to share with my followers. But, um, yeah, it's I hear from girls all the time that say, my dad raced, I I grew up around the racing, and it's in my blood, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. my mom raced, or my grandpa raced. It's very rare that you talk to somebody who hasn't been around it that fell in love with it. 
Yeah, and and Presty already. I mean, she goes out. Uh, Matt's got two boys, and then we take the kids out when we can. And um, she's already fearless. She wants to go faster and do, jump higher and do all those things. Mm-hmm. And and you know, whenever I'm out in the garage working on the truck, she'll grab a screwdriver and start jamming it in places because she <laughs> thinks she's helping. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing. And and you know, it, through the course of of starting the show, I've had conversations with some of those women in the off-road in the off-road motorsports world and um you know t- and I'm, I'm i've reached out to a couple more there's there's a um, uh, erica Sachs, who's a navigator for um sarah price who's a racer for desert racing um i'd like to get both of those ladies on the show i mean just just watching watching those young girls that have broken the barrier started to do this and are doing it well and 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 having a lot of success that's extremely inspiring and I will, um, I will call myself out on it. Like I, I've always felt that, you know, I, I'm pretty supportive of equal rights and all that stuff most of my life. But until you have a, a little girl, it's you don't really notice it as much. And I think ever exactly. since ever since I had my daughter, you know, I look around at at at, at the world from what I believe her her viewpoint's going to be in 10, 20, 15 years, and no one's going to tell her she can't do something. If she mm-hmm. decides she's going to do it, then she's going to do it. And watching women in motorsports, women in technology, women in engineering, watching those people, those women do those things, that's laying the groundwork for my daughter to have those opportunities as she gets older. And I'm super appreciative of it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they, they say they're trying to get girls more into science and math and all that when they graduate from high school or college. And, you know, we need more girl engineers. Um, I just... As I mentioned, I was just at um, MIS on Sunday. Normally, I would have been there for the weekend, but we had a family wedding on Saturday. And so I took my granddaughter, who's 15, who races. I took my son-in-law, her dad, and we went to MIS. And I took them into the garages, and and they met my friend Liz, who is a tire specialist for Chris Busher's NASCAR team. She took us all through the hauler. And she was, you know, McKenna, my granddaughter, is interested in some kind of career in motorsports in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And so she was telling her, oh, we have two engineers, you know, that are women that work for us. Our PR person is a woman. Our this is a woman. That's a woman. There's a lot of women that work in NASCAR or any other kind of motorsports series or whatever. You know, it's not always the driver. They're behind the scenes. They're the travel person booking all the hotels and the flights and the everything for the team. So, you know, careers for women in motorsports are abundant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, I think that teams are probably going to be looking more and more to hire some of these women um, in, in a male-dominated sport because, one, it probably makes them look like they're more diverse if they have women mm-hmm. on their staff, mm-hmm. as long as they're qualified, of course. So, um, you know, I talk a lot about that on our podcasts or I try to interview women who work in motorsports but work in something that you wouldn't normally think about a woman doing in in motorsports typically we think about the driver yeah and 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 we all know that I don't care what what motorsport you're in whether it's motorcycle racing or or you know drag racing or circle track you you can't just be a good driver. You've got to have the money to back it up. Yeah, yeah. And and unfortunately, there's a lot of really good drivers out there that will never get the exposure or have that opportunity because they don't have a connection to the to the finances. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I interview, especially younger girls, girls that are, let's say, 20 and under, and I say, you know, what's your goal? I want to be an NASCAR driver. I love that that's their goal, but I also know that that's few and far between. Mm-hmm. And so I want to try to prepare these girls for plan B. Okay, so you don't make NASCAR. You can still race. You can do what you love, but you can also have a career where maybe you can impact the racing, you know, wherever you work, the racetrack, the race team, and and do it through some other occupation besides being the driver. Yeah, um, for a while. Sorry to cut you off, but to, to add to that, so my, my wife went to school for um, marketing, graphic design, PR stuff, right? So she, she started her career doing other things. She found herself at a tire distributor. And for a period of time, she was in charge of their motorsports uh, program where she was working with formula drift drivers, making sure that they had the tires they needed because they were sponsored and, and following up on all the PR stuff. She was fully engrossed in that world for a while. And, um, you know, just she didn't, she didn't, she liked cars. She grew up around them. Her dad has a bunch of classic cars that they've worked on and, you know, but she found herself in a position to be able to experience motorsports from the vantage point of marketing and PR. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So one of my friends that I've made through, um, just founding this association is Ginger Baker Rust. And she is the um, chief marketing officer for Ryan Newman. And she's the only woman with that position in all of NASCAR. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of opportunities out there for women to get involved. Uh, you know, if you want to be the NASCAR driver, go for it. I'm just going to tell them to go for it. But you also need to prepare for maybe plan B or something else that you're interested in where you can stay in the motorsports arena but not be the driver. And so, you know, we, we, I try to interview, like I said, I try to be, interview women that can be encouraging about that. So I do do that. I do interview a lot of drivers on my podcast because that seems to be, you know, kind of the most popular kind of person for the interviews. The stories in the magazine, um, once in a while you'll read a story about someone you may have heard of, but most of the stories in the magazine are people you've probably never heard of. They all have a great story. And I love telling those stories. I I owned a newspaper for 10 years when I lived in West Central Illinois. And the, the paper was called the Eagle News because we lived right along the Mississippi where the eagles nested in the winter. So it was called the Eagle News, but we also called ourselves the Good Newspaper. <laughs> we didn't print the court reports or any of that kind of stuff. All the other papers around us did that. So if you wanted to read all that, you could. But we did, or I did, human interest stories, stories about the people in our community and lots of school and sports things. So this magazine has that same flavor to it. It's, it's you know, the human interest stories. It's how did you get started racing and why? What do you love about it? Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of thing. So that's really what the magazine's about. And, um, yeah, that's that's what we're up to right now. So Hopefully down the road here we're going to be start starting to do some events. So that's kind of our next um, progression that we're working towards is to hopefully at, at some point what we want to do is have uh, women-only events at, let's say, Michigan or Chicagoland or or any any track that will have us come and do an event for women and have someone, you know, just talk a little bit about things that 
are related to women and women who work. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a race car driver. You know, how do you balance it? Just mm-hmm. life things. Um, it's, it's probably not going to be any kind of technical, technical stuff because that's not my arena. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm more about the relationship side of, of these women and, you know, how do they balance everything they do and, and what can people do to help them and just that kind of thing. So well, let's, that's kind of where we are right now. Let's talk about that, the balance, because, I mean, you've got a lot going on. Um, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I don't, I'm don't. I'm exhausted just listening to the things that you're currently working on. Let's unpack it a little bit and talk about the magazine. So you, you, you have this newspaper. You, uh, you're now doing this digital magazine. How much time are you putting into that? And, and how do people go find it? And, uh, you okay. know, what's the, what's the foundation? Of, I mean, like, you know, give me the background on the magazine because I think that to me, you know, we do the podcast. We'll talk about your podcast next because I think that'd be the easiest one for me to relate to. Um, Matt and I do this every week too. But, um, you know, the, the idea of trying to put together a magazine and release it on a regular basis is, that, that seems like a lot of work. So talk to me about that. It is a lot of work. It, it's, it's more, you know, time consuming, I guess. As, as far as the work, is the work hard? No. The work isn't hard, but it is time consuming. So what I've done from the beginning is because I knew that I could not literally, you know, on the telephone probably interview 10 to 15 women a month just because of schedules. So my magazine, my association is international. I've met women from, um, you know, Great Britain, all, all over Europe, lots of Australians, Canadians, and all across the United States. So just like you guys, you're, um, you know, you're probably three, I guess, I'm guessing California is three hours different than, than I am on the yeah. East Coast. So, you know, for, for you to get out of work at five o'clock, it's already eight o'clock in Michigan. And then you got to go home. By the time you're ready, you know, to, to interview, I'm probably in bed. When I get up, you're still in bed. Uh-huh. And then you go to work. So, so I decided I got to figure out a way to reach these women, make it easy for them to answer my questions on their time frame and get it back to me. So I developed a questionnaire. Oh, cool. And it asks for all their personal information, their name, address, and, and everything, and then I ask them questions. And then what I do is I write the articles based on those questions, and if there's anything that I don't understand or I want to know more about, then I either uh, email them back and we set up a time to talk, or a lot of times it'll just, you know, it'll be email communication with these women because that's the easiest for them and the easiest for me basically because of the time differences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. So they come into me, you know, in a questionnaire form. I ask for three to five photos, and I write the story based on that, and then um, put it in the magazine. You know, lay it out, and, and I, I do all of that. <laughs> wow. I do have a lady that's helping me write a little bit now. She's actually in California, Linda Spangler. She's been writing some stories for me because she loves to write, and she offered to help me, and I'm not ever going to turn that down. Yeah. Um, so she's awesome and she's been writing for me for the last uh, couple of months and she's going to continue. And, and I have another gal that's coming on board who also just likes to write, loves what I'm doing and is not looking for any compensation at this time, which is a good thing for all of us. And, and, um, and so we're just going to continue and grow the magazine 
you know, we've we've got to come up with some advertisers here soon to to help make the magazine grow that and the podcast and that's that's a challenge as I'm sure you guys know too. Everybody's yeah. looking for sponsors and Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, so I'm working I'm, on I'm that. I'm still thinking about the compensation thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not yeah, going to get no any compensation, compensation damn <laughs> it. What? You knew that when you signed up for this. No, I didn't. Oh, well, I should have told you. You're not going to get compensated in any way. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, The compensation is the good, warm feeling in your heart when you tell a story about somebody and they, they call you or they send you a message and they say, thank you so much for sharing my story and... And how proud they are to have it in a magazine. And for me, um, you know, that's that's worth so much because a lot of these women would never have their story told. There's nowhere else to tell it. The last time I had like a warm feeling in my chest, I thought I was having a stroke. <laughs> a heart attack? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. You know, I love, I love the commercial where... Uh, Kevin Harvick's on the shelf and the guy's picking yeah, up the oil. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and then Clint Boyer says, I'm not getting paid for this. Yeah, and right. I have to laugh because that's that's kind of how all of us are. I'm not me, getting paid me for and this. Clint. Nope. Me <laughs> and Clint. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So where do people go to find the, uh, the magazine when they want to watch it, when they want to read it? So all they have to do is um, give me their email address. I'll put them in my email list and when the magazine comes out they'll get the link to the magazine it comes in a pdf form they'll be able to open it up and uh, it's also available on our website iwmanation.com my email is iwmanation at gmail.com so if they want to send me their email and say please add me to your magazine list or they can find me on facebook melinda russell or they can find us on Facebook, International Women's Motorsports Association. Any of those places, they can message me with their um, with their email address. We're happy to add them to the list. We also share the link uh, to the magazine to a lot of racetrack pages, uh, NASCAR track pages to get the to get it out there, which is is always a, a good place for people to pick up the mm-hmm. magazine, but. You know, the best way to know you're always going to get it is to share your email. So w- one of the cool things we started in January is our ma- our magazine is now what I call interactive. So if we have a story about, let's just say Erica Enders, we're going to have a story about her. We'll write the story. And of course, we have the pictures. But then um, depending, you know, I'll try to put in the magazine four or five videos. So oh, I have cool. a program that I can put my magazine into and add videos or links to things where when people open up that, that link to that magazine and they turn to page seven and there's the story about Erica Enders and all of a sudden the page comes alive and it's, it's one of her rate, you know, it's her going down the track. Oh, and wow. uh, that's been really cool. It's been really well received. I don't know of any other magazine of any kind that's doing that right now. Um, at least not in motorsports. And so, you know, that's one of the things we're going to focus on when we talk to our advertisers that their, their advertising can, can literally come alive on the page. And, and that's been really fun to put together, open those up and see those live videos. So yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, it is very cool. And, um, so with your questionnaire process and the interviews and stuff, how much of the, uh, how much of the, people that are in, featured in the magazine are also crossover and are get featured in the podcast. Quite often I do that. Yeah. yeah, quite often. Or they might start on the podcast 
and then we'll do a story about them in the magazine. Okay. So we do we do that quite a bit. Um, just because, you know, typically I don't, I don't know. I mean, these women that I've met, I didn't know them at all before the IWMA. And, and now when I, you know, go to events and they're there, you know, I get big hugs. It's like we've known each other forever. Just because we've connected, you know, maybe we've had their story in the magazine, maybe not. Maybe we've just connected on Facebook. I share a lot of events. I share a, a lot of things about women. So, Let's just say uh, Andy Rawlings is a pro stock motorcycle racer. She and I became friends just through Facebook. And she was at Joliet last weekend. We met for the first time in person, got a big hug from her. It's like it's old home week, you know. It's mm-hmm. like we've known each other a long time, even though we just met in person. Yeah. And And so those are the things that, for me, that's why, you know, when you say the compensation, that is compensation for me. Is, is the friendships and the relationships I've made. But, you know, that's how I've met or heard about 99.9% of all these women is social media. And, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, however you feel about social media, for me, it's connected me to amazing people, and I've been able to tell their stories, which blesses me, blesses them, and maybe helps them, you know, they go to a... Uh, a new sponsor and say, yeah, I was in this magazine. Yeah. It, whatever helps, helps. And so, you know. Well, and, and I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier is you'd made the comment that, that, you know, you see these women that grew up in it and that, you know, that, that this is, they started down this path early. If someone's never exposed to this, then they may never make this choice, right? So featuring someone in a magazine or in a podcast that may get heard by somebody somewhere, that could potentially have a, a long-lasting impact where, um, you know, some some one of our listeners today is listening to it in, in the car with their daughter and and uh, she says, you know what? I think I want to do that. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about with our show is like we told you earlier is we believe everybody's got a story to tell. We want to help you tell, tell your story, right? So, um, you know, if, if your story or the story of one of the ladies that you interview resonates with male or female, boy, girl, whatever, and that, that story helps inspire someone to do something, then man, that's everybody wins at that point. Well, uh, absolutely. And, and you know, a lot of these women are involved in other things besides racing. They stand for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. They, there's an association against drivers against bullying. And there's mm-hmm. all kinds of things out there that they have other causes that are dear to their hearts. And, it, you know, it may be that it's plastered on their race car, but only the people where they race are going to see that. But the magazine gives them a chance to share a little bit about that as well, you know, these different causes that they care about. And, you know, a lot of them have a a deep personal story about why that cause means a lot to them. You know, for me, it's suicide prevention because my, my son passed away in November. So now that has become very near and dear to my heart to get the word out that there's always somebody there that cares. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so transitioning from the magazine to the podcast, uh, when did you start doing that? Well, I started by accident. So <laughs> all of us, <laughs> all of us started friends. by accident. Didn't Feels like all, an didn't accident, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have I have some friends, uh, Michael Wood and Andy Jack, and they uh, they run the Midwest Compact Touring Series here in 
it's based around the Midwest. They they go north and east, and I'm not sure where all because they they're always traveling. It's a traveling series for front wheel drive cars, and that started to grow. and And so they were on Facebook, but it was via I can't remember something dot TV program that they had. And so they asked me. I've been friends with them a long time. I I'm very supportive of what they do. I go and help at their events whenever I can. And so they had asked me if I'd be interested in doing a 15-minute or so interview on their show with a woman. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I was I was a newspaper girl. I was behind the scenes. Nobody, yeah. I didn't have to talk to them. But anyway, they convinced me that I should do it. And then my my part of the show was getting very popular. So they were like, Linda, you should really just have your own show. So we partner together, um, you know, sometimes I'm still on their show, but they they do a show on Monday nights, and I do a show on Tuesday nights, and um, theirs is all about front-wheel drives in their series, and mine's all about women in motorsports, but they were the ones that pushed me to do it, because as I started to do the interviews, of course, I had my written list of questions that I would ask the women. And then I got to the point where I didn't need those questions anymore. And then when I got to that point, I felt like, okay, this maybe is something that I could do on a more regular and a more serious basis Mm -hmm. because it feels comfortable now. And so we use, uh, we use zoom, which is our program. So you're, when you watch our podcast, it's actually, you can see the other, you can see me and the other person, um, it's more like a TV show in a way, but I call it a podcast. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it airs on our Facebook page on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock Eastern time. Very cool, and that's mm. the IWMA Nation on uh, the Facebook uh, page. Yeah, it's it's actually the whole word spelled out: International Women's Motorsports Association. Okay, and you'll find us on Facebook, and it'll air there on Tuesdays at seven. Then we have a YouTube channel called Racing Girls Rock, IWMA Nation, and most of our interviews are on there. I'm a little behind getting them posted, but um, I try to post all the interviews on there as well so people can go back and watch them if they want to or if it's, you know, the person that I interviewed, they have a place to send people mm-hmm. to say, hey, my my interview's on this this page. So we also have the YouTube channel. That's awesome. That is awesome. So let let me ask if you if you had the opportunity to talk to a young woman that that's listening to this now that was considering motorsports in some way, what piece of advice would you give her? I would tell her to go for it. <laughs> I, you know, I ask that same question of a lot of the interviews I do, and nearly every one of them say, "Don't let don't let people squash your dreams." Give it a try and see if it's really something you like. Um, you know, maybe maybe if you're not sure, ask ask somebody, hey, would you mind if I, you know, drove your car around the track or if they had a practice night or something? Give it a try and see. But don't let anybody tell you that girls don't belong at the racetrack because they do, and, and they belong behind the car, in in the car, under the car. They're, they can be the tire person. They can be the crew chief whatever it is that they're interested in, but don't let anybody stop you from pursuing that dream because you don't, you don't want to go back and have any regrets. One of, one of the things that 
I've I've used pretty much all my life is no regrets. So hashtag no regrets. <laughs> I love it. You I know, it. <laughs> through life, through racing, through whatever, through your family, whatever it is, have no regrets. And so um, a lot of times, if you see me post something and you see hashtag no regrets at the end, you'll understand why that's there. So yeah. I, I would just tell them, and you know. If it's a young gal, then it's not her. You got to convince it's the parents, and and a lot of times they're worried about safety, um, obviously cost, but there uh, there seems to be always ways to work those things out. Safety, obviously, you know, is there's uh, no two ways about it. You got to buy the equipment and you got to follow the rules. Yeah, well, but but and honestly, I don't think. Sorry to cut you off. Um, I don't think that that's. At least for me, so I'm. <clears throat> I know I'm on the the skewed end. I, I um just a backstory here. Um, God, my wife's gonna kill me for telling the story. But and if anybody from Child Protective Services is listening, please pause it. And oh no, they're skip. not listening. Don't worry about it. Go ahead, tell your story. We we used to play a game called Baby Catch, and oh, my daughter. But we have a, we have a very tall bed and you know big comforters and stuff. And my daughter would run. And jump off the bed so I could catch her, and I would throw her up in the air, back onto the bed on her back, and she would she would hit the uh, the pillows and the comforters and everything, and she would giggle and laugh and get up and run and do it again. And it, my wife wanted to kill me the first time I started doing this, but it's a thing now. You know, so my level of concern for safety is probably very different than some other parents, and I recognize that. But I think you know, growing up, the the the, the quote-unquote normal things of soccer and softball and swimming and volleyball and basketball, th- there's safety issues there. There's always chances to get hurt in doing those things. I believe that with all the safety precautions that are in motorsports, it's probably as safe or safer than any of those other a- extracurricular activities. Oh, 100%. My kids all played basketball. And I was a cheerleading coach for 10 years. And you can get hurt in cheerleading. You can get yeah. hurt in basketball, soccer, every one of those sports. And you have no protection, mm-hmm. no protection whatsoever, especially basketball and soccer. Yeah. So, so, so true. And, and about you throwing your daughter, you know, your daughter running off the bed. <laughs> to me, that's, that was uh, developing trust. Oh, yeah. He knew you were going to catch her. And so from a very early age. I wouldn't have she trusted you. <laughs> jumped off the bed into your arms knowing that my dad's got me. And and really what you've done is you've taught her something very valuable from a very, very small age that you're going to be there to catch her and 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 that you're a fun dad at the same time. So if Kyle Busch can throw Brexton up in the air after he wins a race, yeah. I, I think you're safe. Yeah. The, the only downside to that is that she trusts me even when I'm not paying attention. <laughs> so uh, yes. so <laughs> I there, get that. there have been times where out of the corner of my eye, I see a flying baby coming off of a ladder or a chair or something, and I got to turn yeah. and quickly catch her. But um, no, I, I love that. I, I love the idea of, uh, you know, uh, going for it, not regretting it and making it happen. And, you know, and I think that, uh, women like you and other women in motorsports that are, that are opening those doors and providing that voice and, um, you know, knocking down the wall so that girls like my, my daughter will at some point not have to think about whether or not this is something that she can or should do. It's just going to be part of life and it's an option that she'll have. And I appreciate that for what you're doing. Yeah, I, I appreciate those kind words. I, 
I didn't start this thinking that I was going to influence or impact anybody, and yet I have been able to connect um, people to each other that I thought could mentor or help each other, one help the other. And uh, one of the things I've always lived by is people come into your life for a reason, and you don't always know what that is, but at some point you probably will know what that is. And I've I've just met so many, I, I just keep saying amazing, I don't know what other word to call them, women who balance a full-time job, a family, and either they race, their husband races, sometimes they all race, kids are doing stuff, and um, and I just think, wow, you know, she's got a lot on her plate, and I want to do whatever I can to not only connect uh, and celebrate what she does, but also to maybe find uh, the answer to a little problem she has, or somebody else can connect with her and say, hey, try this, and and that's what it's all been about. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, look, we really appreciate you coming on the show and telling your story and, and talking about this stuff. Like I said, I, it's got a, uh, a special place for me with having a little girl, and, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to what she's going to accomplish somewhere down the road. And I know Uncle Matt will be running the pit crew <laughs> yeah. while, while she's – Uncle Matt and her two cousins will what, be – Well, I get um, – Paid for that no, too? Absolutely. I'm not going to get any payment. There is no, same deal. <clears throat> same deal. Just so, as long as you are doing stuff with me, just accept it. There's no compensation there's whatsoever. Never. No, man. All right. I got food. I, I'll oh, well, that's you. cool. There that you works. go. Okay, cool. cool. Hey, that's compensation. <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melinda, for joining us. I appreciate it. And I don't want to take up your entire night, so I'm going to let you go at this point. But is there anything else you want to say or any any place you want to send people so that they can connect with you in the future? Um, I guess just, you know, check out the the magazine, IWMANation.com, and, and see if it's something you want to read every month. If so, get me your email address either through Facebook um or through my email, iwmanation at gmail.com, and I'd love to put you on the mailing list. And and the other thing is if you or someone you know would make a great story for the magazine or an interview for the podcast, I'm always looking for new names. So same way, just you know, find me on Facebook or send me an email and let me know who they are and how to get a hold of them, and, and we'll have them on a future issue. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Melinda. You have a great night. All right. Thank you. You guys, too. Thank you. We would really love to hear your feedback. Please go to trailchasers.net slash contact and drop us a line or leave us a voicemail at 951-395-DIRT. You can also stay up to date with all of our shenanigans by going to trailchasers.net slash register and signing up for our event and trail run notifications iTunes reviews really help us out, and we would really appreciate it if you can go and rate us and give us some feedback. And thanks again to our sponsor, Falcon Tire, for all of their support, and to Ryan Torino for all the music on the show. You can find him at ryantererrigno.com. 